My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Friday the 24th of March. I'm Zara. I'm Sam. Australia is a step closer to a referendum on an Indigenous voice to Parliament. This referendum presents every Australian with a historic democratic opportunity. PM Anthony Albanese has proposed the question Australia will be voting on later this year at an emotional press conference flanked by members of the referendum working group. This is a modest request. I say to I say to Australia, don't miss it. Don't miss it. Tom's going to join us on the deep dive today to talk about what's been proposed and what it's been like to be in Canberra during this monumental week. But first, we're going to hit the headlines. The Therapeutic Goods Administration has provided the government with potential options for vape reform. Now, according to the TGA, possible changes include introducing warning statements on vapes and restricting flavours. The TGA shared some of the key points of public feedback on Thursday, with the federal government now actively considering, that's their words, the TGA's advice on the matter. Australian police have seized over $15 million worth of methamphetamine on a plane from Papua New Guinea that was flying at an unauthorised low altitude to avoid radar detection. The five men allegedly involved in the transportation were arrested by Queensland and federal police officers after the plane landed at a regional Queensland airstrip on Tuesday afternoon. Canada's population grew by over 1 million for the first time in its history last year. The figures were released by Statistics Canada on Wednesday, local time, finding that population growth was its highest since the post-war baby boom in the 50s. The population growth in 2022 was largely attributed to the influx of immigrants, who made up for almost 96% of the total growth recorded. And the good news, which if you have TikTok, you will have seen everywhere. Spanish man Alex Roca Campillo has finished the Barcelona Marathon in under six hours. He's become the first person with a 76% disability to have finished a marathon. Campillo has cerebral palsy after contracting encephalitis when he was just a baby, rendering 76% of the left side of his body immobile. He said he was speechless after finishing the race. Joining us from a very noisy Parliament House today is political journalist Tom Crowley. Tom, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Sarah. I've tried to find a quiet corner of this building. You have not succeeded. You never know who might be lurking around the corner. So you were in the room yesterday when the PM made his historic announcement that was, of course, about the question that Australians will vote on for the referendum later this year, and there is a fair bit to unpack here. Uh, Before we get into yesterday and everything that unfolded, I do just want to start with the basics, which is just explaining to everyone listening what exactly the Indigenous Voice to Parliament actually is. Sure thing, Zara. So yeah, the Indigenous Voice to Parliament is an idea which dates back to 2017 um, to the Uluru Statement from the Heart. That was a statement that was developed at a conference with uh, Indigenous leaders from across the country. 
And the idea is that it would be an official representative body for First Nations people to advise Parliament and the government on laws that affect them. Now, the Uluru Statement specified that this should be included in Australia's constitution. So the voice itself is something that can be set out with ordinary laws, but if it's just laws, then a future parliament could get rid of it. The purpose of putting something in the constitution is to make it permanent. That is what we will vote on at the end of this year, because in order to change the constitution, you have to hold a referendum where everybody in the country votes. Um, we vote in answer to a question. We answer yes or no. And a referendum requires a majority of voters in a majority of Australia's states to say yes in order to happen. So many of our listeners won't have ever voted in a referendum and it really does feel like wherever you, you sit on this issue, whatever happens, it is still very historic and is a major thing to have happen in our lifetimes. So I want to go to the press conference of Prime Minister Anthony Albanese yesterday. We had a very emotional Prime Minister who was flanked by a number of, of First Nations leaders and, and experts Take me to that scene where you were sitting in that press conference and what we found out. Maybe I should get the specifics out of the way first. Mm -hmm. Yesterday what we got was the question that we will be asked at the referendum. The question that Australians will be asked at this year's referendum is a very simple one. It will read, a proposed law to alter the constitution to recognise the first peoples of Australia by establishing an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice. Do you approve this, uh, this proposed alteration? That's the question before the Australian people. Nothing more, but nothing less. So those are the set of words that the Prime Minister um, is proposing to put to us later this year. And so to come back to the vibe of the room yesterday, what was that like? It was really emotional. It, it was a really intense experience and that that's not a that's not about kind of you know whether you support the voice or not it, it really was just a lot of raw emotion on display in the room so the prime minister appeared uh with uh every first nations member of the labor party alongside him uh but also members of um what they call the referendum working group which is a group of experts non-politicians first nations people who have been kind of guiding this process and advising the government Tom, throughout the press conference, you and I were texting and I was obviously watching it on TV and so wasn't getting a wide pan view of who was actually in the room. And at the end, when they showed who was in the room, I saw that Ken Wyatt, who was the former Coalition Minister for Indigenous Affairs, was standing next to Anthony Albanese. And to me, that was a really, really strong show of, of unity between you know, a, a former senior coalition minister and the current Labor Prime Minister. Yeah, he was there. I, I think one thing that maybe the TV cameras didn't quite capture was just the depth of emotion from so many of the people uh, on that stage, um, including Ken Wyatt, who, who was standing, as you say, next to the Prime Minister. Clearly, for those people who are advocates of The Voice, uh, this is a really powerful and significant moment. It's fair to say, as we're going to get to in a moment, I think that the the voice debate is becoming a pretty contentious one. I think that there was an element of maybe the toll that that had taken on some people in the room, but there was, yeah, this really palpable sense of, you know, I think it being a momentous occasion. The Prime Minister himself got, got emotional um, at, at times as well, uh, as did uh, the Minister for Indigenous Affairs, Linda Burney. To today we take a big step forward on the long journey to constitutional recognition through voice. Uh, we heard from Linda Burney there. I think the other moment that really stood out to me was Professor Marcia Langton. Mm. 
So she's a well-known academic. Uh, she was involved uh, under Ken Wyatt um, in, in the coalition in kind of a process of designing what a voice could look like, a consultation process that spoke to thousands of First Nations people. And, and she's, she's been around the block. I think that's that's maybe the best way to describe um, Professor Langton. Uh, and she, she spoke in pretty frank terms, as she often does, uh, about... I guess why she felt that a voice to parliament was necessary and, and I guess a little bit of the, um, the history of, behind a voice. We're here to draw a line in the sand and say this has to change, people's lives have to improve and we know from the evidence that what improves people's lives is when they get a say and that's what this is about. She certainly does have a way of getting her message across incredibly clearly and just in the most cutting way possible. If we circle back to this idea, though, of unity, I think seeing Ken Wyatt next to the Prime Minister is one thing, but if you were to leave that briefing room, uh, leave those four walls, the same can't be said for, you know, even the rest of the parliament, but certainly the rest of the country. Can you talk me through what the kind of two sides of this debate, if you can be binary in that way, look like currently? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, there will be, we'll get a yes and a no pamphlet, there will be a yes and a no campaign, and and clearly opinion is divided across the country, divided among, um, you know, the general public, but divided among First Nations people as well. I think that's really important to emphasise. So I guess the opposition, particularly the Liberal Party, we don't actually have a formal position from them yet, but we have heard quite a lot from from Peter Dutton, who I think tends to emphasise, as he did when we spoke to him, um, that he's most interested in practical outcomes and I think he is, it's fair to say, uh, sceptical to begin with on whether a voice will achieve those practical outcomes. And he's Um, also said that he's asked the Prime Minister, and we saw that letter a little while ago, for answers to a number of questions he's had on this. He said yesterday in that presser that he hadn't received those answers. Yeah, so so he has been, been talking about that detail and also has a number of questions about the proposed wording, the legal implications and a lot of kind of other details to that effect. Uh, Here is a little clip of what he said, as you mentioned yesterday. The government's proposing at the moment is that the Australian public will go to vote on a Saturday and then from the Monday on for six months there'll be consultation on the model. Now, that is putting the cart before the horse and a lot of that detail can be ironed out. It can be put forward, proposed, and people can then make a judgment about whether this is going to improve the situation for Indigenous Australians or whether it's going to put another layer of bureaucracy in place. In a similar vein, Jacinta Nampajimpa-Price, uh, who is a coalition senator who's a vocal opponent of The Voice, um, as well as being an Indigenous woman um, from the Northern Territory, uh, she brought a delegation to Parliament this week, uh, which I was also there for, a number of people from the Northern Territory uh, who are Indigenous people who do not support A Voice. Um, and so it was really interesting to hear you know, those perspectives, including from some people who, you know, who, who maybe don't often speak in, in the halls of parliament. That was certainly the way that Jacinta Price was framing it. Here's just a little clip of what she said. This is a Trojan horse. Uh, there are ulterior motives. And uh, as Indigenous Australians though, with Indigenous heritage in this country, we don't want to be divided. We simply don't want to be divided along the lines of race. And I, I think, I mean, we keep coming back to emotion. You can hear some emotion in that as well. It's obviously, I mean, you know, it's not not our place necessarily to to kind of offer any comment on what to make and how, how to square these two different emotional voices that that we hear in this debate. One observation, though, that, that that I have in this is 
how similar, in a sense, a lot of the concerns that the yes and no cases are raising, at least when you hear directly from Indigenous people, clearly they have arrived at very different positions in terms of the voice itself and what they think it will do. But, you know, standing there and listening, um, not just to Cinta Price, but to the people who were standing with her, it was really apparent that, you know, a lot of the things that they were saying sound a lot like what advocates of the voice say as well. You know, we, we have not been heard. No one's listening to us. The failure to close the gap, the legacy of the stolen generations. You know, it was really fascinating how on polar opposites of this debate, you know, I guess the common theme is consistent policy failure. That's something that nobody seems to uh, disagree with. We do have a few months before we do have to vote. So talk me through what comes now. What is the road to an actual referendum? So next step will be Parliament voting on this question. Mm -hmm. Um, So just like any kind of piece of legislation that goes before the Parliament, it goes through various committees of politicians who discuss it. There may be some changes. The Prime Minister seems pretty set on, on this wording that they've now agreed on. But then that wording will go before the parliament, you know, essentially to kind of approve having a referendum. Um, and if that vote passes, then then off it goes to the public. So there'll be a campaign. I mentioned those pamphlets before. And, um, you know, no doubt we've already heard from kind of community organised yes and no campaigns. There'll be a great deal, I'm sure, of fundraising on both sides for ads and messaging and a whole lot of conversations to be had between now and then um, about The Voice. We don't know exactly when the referendum vote itself will be. Generally speaking, you know, people tend to suggest it'll be sometime around September, but certainly before the end of this year. I think over the next few months, it's something the Daily Oz will be thinking about is how can we get as much information to voters, which is what every single person who is in Australia and of voting age listening to this will be, how we get as much information to you as possible, how the the rules of how a referendum work are clear and how you can go to vote on the day uh, feeling the most well-equipped that you can to vote on what is a very important issue either way. Tom, thanks for jumping on the pod today. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us on The Daily Oz. How have you been feeling about the podcast this week? I know Zara and I have loved delivering some really interesting conversations and we would equally love if you could give us a rating and review on whatever app you've got open right now. It helps new people find us and join the TDA community. Have a beautiful weekend.